So I heard about a mother with three notorious children. And she was asked, if you had to do it all over again, would you still have kids? She said, for sure I would, but not the same ones. Or with your first kids, where it's, there was a loud amen somewhere in the room. <laughs> Is my mom here? Like, the first kid, you're eating healthy, organic, everything. By the third kid, it looks like this. When that KFC chicken leg falls on the floor, you say, pick it up. I don't care if you get bacteria. You need to strengthen your immune system. Some moms might say, my kids are the reason I breathe. But then they are also the reason that I yell, that I cry, that I lose my mind and eat way too many carbs. No, there was, I'm not commenting. Thank you. Okay. Good filter, honey. Many young moms used to dream about falling in love. Now they just dream about falling asleep. Then there's the friend that wanted to know what it would be like to be a mom. So what I did is I busted down the bathroom door while she was trying to take a shower so that I could tell her that I'm thinking about changing the name of my stuffed animals. Very good. Mother's Day can be the best of days and as well the most challenging of days. The temptation as a church could be that we just skip over this day with a token acknowledgement and move on with the rest of our service while we fail to acknowledge and maybe even avoid the pain, the awkwardness of the myriad of our experiences of moms and motherhood. Some had great experiences, some not so much. Some have lost their moms. Some have maybe this year or maybe many years ago. However, as one of our friends wrote, we have the capacity for both celebration and empathy at the same time. To help us to do that this morning, our Mother's Day sermon always starts with an explanation explanation, and this is no exception. As pastors, it can be a landmine to try and speak to, because there are so many different experiences Katie alluded to for moms and motherhood. Let's watch this video together called For All Moms. Today is Mother's Day, and we want to acknowledge all the women we're blessed to know. We rejoice over you, for your strength, your wisdom, your strong love, and your beautiful faith. Whether today is a celebration for you or a day of quiet reflection and healing, we're thinking of all of you. If you gave birth this year to your first child, our joy overflows and we celebrate with you. If you adopted a child this year or became a foster parent, we rejoice with you and we wanna honor you in your commitment to changing the lives of children. If you continue to struggle with infertility, we are hoping with you and holding your hand in prayer. If you are exhausted and feeling underappreciated for all you do for a house full of kids, we applaud you, we love you, and we appreciate you more than you can ever imagine. And if you lost a child this year to death or miscarriage, we weep and mourn with you. And if your child is lost to addiction or to the world, we hurt with you and we join you in putting our hope in the one who brings prodigals home. If you live with painful memories of your mom, we pray that you will find in a spiritual mother all that you never had from a birth mom. 
And if you're one of those amazing spiritual moms, we thank you for stepping up and being there when others couldn't. If you're experiencing an empty nest for the first time this year, we walk with you in this new season and are excited about the next chapter God has planned for you. If you're single, we celebrate your strength, beauty, and individuality and join with you in praying for the desires of your heart. If you're a single mom and wonder if you have the physical energy and financial resources to raise and provide for your child or children, we want to help you, and we will. And if you're pregnant for the first time, we prayerfully anticipate with you the joyful birth of a healthy child. And to all the special women on this Mother's Day, rest and delight in knowing that we are thankful for you, and we celebrate each and every one of you. So it's in that context, with all these different experiences, it's still important to remember the challenges and the uniqueness of what it means to be a mom in 2019. For example, in, 20, in 1975, more than half of moms stayed home with their kids. But today, both parents work in 70% of families with children. Although dads are taking on more parenting responsibilities than ever, surveys show it's still unequal. More than half of households, even when both, it, uh, even when both parents work full-time. And nearly half of grandparents, which are often a great source of support, live more than five hours away from their grandkids. Social media is pervasive, and research research shows that mothers who frequently compare themselves, let's be honest, we all do it at moments, to others on social media, we feel more depressed, less competent, and less positive about our co-parenting situations. And with all that and much, much more, experts say it's no wonder that moms are often stressed. Because add all that, culture will often demean the ability and the importance of moms in motherhood. Culture will devalue their contribution as mom, as secondary to their contribution in, in the workplace. Or on the other extreme, that will send a message that you only have value as a woman when you have children. So when we celebrate moms and motherhood today, we are not looking to heap more pressure or expectation on you. We simply want to attempt to do and to say what the Bible says about moms. In Ephesians 6, it talks about honoring your mother. So moms, today, ladies, today we honor motherhood. Proverbs 31 talks about a woman, a mother, that is an incredible ideal. Her husband and children arise and call her blessed, it says. So today, moms, we call you blessed. And we're going to look at a story of a woman in the Bible. Her name's Esther. And it's one of two books in the Bible that are centered around the story of a woman. The other book is called Ruth. Uh, and this story of Esther is about a young queen. Oh, sorry, you jumped into my line. Esther was a young queen, and this story takes place approximately 3,000 years ago in what is now called Iraq. She got to be queen because the previous queen was deposed or she was removed because she did not obey the king quickly enough. It's a good thing that that wasn't the rule in our household, or I would have been gone a long time ago. Anyways, oh, yeah. Esther ascended... We don't want to go there. We're so not no, going there? That's no. not in the notes? Okay, yeah. sh never mind. Anyways, <laughs> Esther, she essentially won a beauty contest to become the new queen. 
This was a very misogynistic and patriarchal culture. She was a religious minority on top of all that in a very pluralistic society that was hostile to her Jewish cultural and religious background. She could lose her position with a word from her king and her husband, who is also her husband. But despite being queen, she had challenges. You think, well, she was royalty, everything was good and easy. There was a, another man, Haman, who went to the king and essentially worked out a plot to um, ethnically cleanse the entire nation of all Jewish people. Even I'm, though okay, Esther had kept her religious and cultural background a secret, and he didn't know who she really was. I love how God sets this up. Because you see, Esther's cousin sends her a message, and he says, you need to go before the king, and you need to beg for mercy from the king for yourself and for your people. And Esther replied back, don't you know that anyone who goes into the king's presence without an invitation will be put to death? And unless he extends the scepter, he extends his favor to them, you're, you're dead. And, the, and Esther went on to say, he hasn't called me for like 30 days. It could cost me my life. It could cost me my position. It could cost me everything. How can I do anything in this situation? And then her cousin replies with one of the most challenging yet incredibly affirming statements to anyone, for sure including women, but anyone that has ever felt overwhelmed, overlooked, insignificant, ill-equipped, unmatched, attacked where they are. He says this incredible statement, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. External pressures, multiple expectation, real obstacles, inner turmoil, moments of anxiety where she's afraid, challenges that seem insurmountable, and sounds a lot like motherhood. You have come into your position for such a time as this. You have come into your position this morning as mom, as stepmom, as adopted mom, as adopted auntie, as spiritual mom, as a mentor, as a single mom, as a nana or grandma or oma for such a time as this. I love that this incredibly profound phrase starts with the question, who knows? We don't know. It reminds us that when God called you to do something, when he calls you to do something, particularly something as important as motherhood, he, however that looks for us as individuals, there is an incredible step of faith that's required. You don't always know your efforts will turn out. You hope they will. There's no guarantees in this motherhood thing. There's no formula. It's risky. It's challenging. And it's often thankless. But who knows? Despite all of that, you've been called into your position for such a time as this. You could have been born at any other time in history, but it's now. Your ordinary, your everyday, your simple routine has power, has significance, has meaning. It matters. You, not someone else. You, not just the woman on Instagram that you follow. You, not just the special gifted ones with have everything together, you, the one mentoring that one that nobody else sees, you, you're needed, you're vital, you're necessary. For such a time as this, 
As we said at the beginning, there are some real challenges to being a mom. One being this statement of being in the now. Sometimes it's so hard. I remember often when my kids were small, always looking ahead or looking to the future. Oh, if they were only, if they were only at this stage. So sometimes it's hard to be present in the moment that you're in, but God wants us to be in the now, not always looking ahead or comparing or always looking back to what was. And you know, whatever your time is this morning, wherever God has placed you as a mom, it's your time. Now, you're needed now. You're needed in the toddler season. You're needed in the teen season. You're needed in the empty nest season. If you're a mom of preschool, preschoolers, it's your time now. If you're a spiritual mom to a young person, it's your time right now. If you're a stepmom in a blended family, despite the challenges, it's your time now. If you're a nana that has sleepovers with the grands, I can't wait for this day, it's your time now. Because the stakes are high for such a time. In Esther's time, the stakes were actually the literal survival of many people. And even though the stakes were high there, they are still high today. Maybe not to the same dimension, but you're raising kids in a time of rapid cultural and moral change. There are real relational challenges where we see many marriages end in divorce. Myriad of challenges of single marriages or single moms. There are the unique challenges and struggles of blended families. And there is, on top of all that, there is a spiritual enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything you're doing. But no matter what culture says, it's your time. No matter what your past says, it's still your time. No matter what your family experience has been, it's still your time. Two things that we want to encourage moms with today, and really all of us. That phrase that Mordecai said, that you have come into this royal position... In that context, the royalty meant literally she was the queen. However, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we see that the followers of Jesus are also called royalty because he is our king and we are his children, so we are royalty. In other words, that translates to God has called you to your position. God has your back. The resources of the kingdom of heaven are all there behind you for you. God is going ahead of you in every situation that you're going to face. Maybe you're like me. This past week, you were anxiously awaiting the first photos of the newest prince, Prince Archie. He was born that, into the... Admittedly, that is a little bit okay, of an maybe, odd name. I know. Okay, hon, I'm king, sure it's prince? very trendy. King Archie. I don't know. One day, I don't know. But, but anyway... Maybe you're like me. I was like, as soon as I got up in the morning, I was on Instagram. Are they posted any pictures yet? Archie Bunker. Okay, let's, now you're dating yourself. Archie in the comments. So little Archie was born Back into the track, British yeah. family, the royal family. Yeah. He has access and privilege because of his position at birth, not his performance. He may be seventh in line for the throne, but he still has access to amazing things because of his position. From the moment he's born. Whatever you may think about the unfairness of that, in, in the terms of the kingdom of God, it's the same for us. The resources of the kingdom of God are not according to your performance. 
They're not according to my performance. Can anyone say amen? Thank you, Jesus, for that. They're part of your position when you entered into the family of Jesus. You are not alone in this. God is with each and every one of us, moms. He sees the love that you unconditionally pour out, and he's proud of you. He sees the anxiety that comes when you're raising kids, and he's with you. He sees the frustration. Hello, toddler years. Hello, teenage years. So he sees the frustration, and he is comforting you. He sees the regrets, and he's forgiving you. He sees the pain, and he's healing you. He sees the sacrifice, and he's rewarding you. He sees the challenges, and he's providing for you in each and every one of them. He sees the seeds that you're sowing. I love this thought. When your kids are small, you don't always know, are they going to get it? Is it going to fully be realized? But can I tell you, he's growing them, each and every one of those seeds that you're sowing, if you'll trust him. He sees the joys, and he's rejoicing with you. And Esther faced the difficult task of going before the king, fearing death, yet recognizing that she was here for such a time as this, that generations were looking to her. And in verse 16 and 17 of chapter 4, we see Esther ask for help, asking for prayer, asking for support as she stepped into her role. So not only is God with you, but as a church, we are with you all around in the room. There's people who want to help heal from your pain, help to cover you when you feel like you can't stretch any further, help you with counseling when it's needed, help you with prayer, help you with love. And in particular, on this Mother's Day, we want to remind you that what the Bible says and what we say so often is that we are better together. And in particular today, as moms, we're better together. You know, when we lived on Vancouver Island in Campbell River, um, that's where we lived when our kids were small. Actually, all three of our girls were born in Campbell River. And I have an amazing mom, and I have an amazing mother-in-law. But they both lived far away, and they did what they could to help out. But they, they weren't geographically close enough to do it as often as I know they would have liked. But, you know, in the church that we were a part of, we had Grandma Teresa and Grandpa Ian. We had Grandma Lily, and we had Grandpa Jim. We had Auntie Tanya and Uncle Peter, just to name a few. These were not actual relations or blood family, but they were passionate followers of Jesus in our church, and they became family. To this day, our kids still call them grandmas and grandpas, aunties and uncles. In particular, the ladies who were moms and grandmas themselves, they were so encouraging for me. Coaching me, teaching me how to can, make salsa, do pickles. They, but they also were praying for me. I knew that they prayed for me on a regular basis. They prayed with me in moments of hardship that we walked through. They loved on our family. They loved on our girls. Babysitting our kids buying things for them, teaching them how to love Jesus, showing them what Jesus looked like. It didn't matter. This was one of the beauties of the family of God. Because I want you to hear this morning, you don't have to do life alone. I don't know if you remember that 
there was this time when we were at Canadian Tire. I was just thinking of that. Uh, and we went past the bicycles, and our middle daughter didn't have her own bicycle yet. And she was, I made the mistake of letting her try the little bicycle that was split together. Just a together. parenting note, don't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and we're like, well, we're not getting it today. We, I don't think we'll get it. And she, like, screamed. Let, let the world know she was not happy about this. And just in that moment, Grandma Lily and Grandpa Jim happened to be walking by. And they were like, what's going on? And we're like, wow, well, she wanted to buy the, we wanted to get the bike. It's just not the right time. We'll get it some other time. And, and Annika has to grow in her character today. And it's all that. <laughs> and then a little while later, we got a phone call. Is it all right if we buy the bike for little Annika? We're like. I don't think we'd even got home yet. We hadn't even left the yeah. store. And uh, a little while later, they showed up with that little, uh, I think it was a pink bike with little tassels off the thing. And Annika was over the moon because we, it's better to do life together. That's right. We had mom, and here in Horizon, we have mom groups, we have walking groups, there's ladies' prayer groups, there's prayer groups, there's Bible studies. Just get with people. And that's not just for mom, that's for all of us. Uh, but in particular, we're talking about moms today. No matter what your obstacles, no matter how badly you feel you're doing or failing, no matter what difficulty you're facing, you don't have to do life alone for such a time as this. You can read the details of the rest of the story in the book of Esther. But the spoiler is the enemy was defeated, her people were saved, mission accomplished. Who knows but that you have come to the royal position for such a time as this. Esther shows moms, and indeed all of us, that moving from fear to faith releases the power of her position in God for such a time as this. I want us to really grab a hold of that, that moving from fear to faith releases the power of God in our lives. I pray that this echoes in your heart today, that you would embrace it for such a time as this. Because this lesson is not only for the mom that might be here this morning. It's for all people. It's for every single one of us. We are all faced with fear and have to make that choice. Will we move from fear to faith? Don't underestimate what God can do for you when you choose faith over fear. Because you might be afraid. You may have desired a happy marriage, a successful career. You may have wished that your kids would have developed their talent a certain way or with some other worthwhile goal, yet circumstances in life seem to have prevented it. We can only get through the impossible by turning to Jesus. In his gracious way, Jesus gives himself the most, he is the most desirable dream we could ever imagine. And he shows us that moving from fear to faith releases his favor. This is actually a wonderful foreshadowing of the gospel where we try to do life by ourselves. We try to make it through. We try to meet every expectation, real or unreal, that we place on ourselves. We try to face every fear on our own. I'm, I am so bad at this. But we weren't designed to handle life alone. We need Jesus and we need each other. No matter if you're a mom this morning, if you're a dad, if you're single, if you're married, whatever station of life you might find yourself in here this morning, if you can just hear that there is more power when you turn your fear and you, you get rid of fear, step into faith, and that favor is gonna be released on each and every one of us and we will see God move in our lives. What you do matters, whether you're a spiritual mom or a mentoring mom, whether you're a stepmom, an adoptive mom, a grieving mom, a supportive grandma, you know who you are. 
You and the role and the piece and the part that you play are important. Day by day, little by little, you're building a human. You're inputting values. You're inputting courage. You're inputting stability. You're teaching boundaries. All you see some days is a little girl having a tantrum or a young teen or a resistant one to your mentoring, but you're building someone. Such a time as this. Maybe they won't be a leader with their name and lights, but they can be all that God intends them to be for such a time as this. What you do is not some second-rate thing, moms. Who you are is incredibly powerful and necessary. And moms, we need you. Whatever type and description of mom that we've talked about today, we need you. And we honor you. Your work matters. I know we don't tell you enough. I know that the flowers and the cards and the gift at the end, the chocolate doesn't make up for the hours of love that you poured out today or pour out all the time. But today, we want to remind you. You are valuable. You're important. We honor you. We bless you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd just like to take a moment and just pray for the moms in the room. So if you can just bow your head. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for each and every woman in the room here today. And whatever one of the station they might find themselves in, as we've talked about, there's so many different ways that we, as individuals, can make a difference in people's lives. Father, I pray that this day, as we honor motherhood, that, that each and every woman in this place would feel the love of Jesus, first and foremost. That they would know that they're not alone, that they're not facing anything alone, that everything they need is found in you, Lord Jesus. And Father, I pray that those that need wisdom this morning would receive wisdom. Those that need encouragement would be encouraged. Those that need love would sense the love of Jesus. Those that need comfort would be comforted. Father, whatever is needed in this room and in this place this morning, I thank you that you are the one who has all of the answers, that you don't hold back, that there is nothing that you do not desire to give to your children, Father. And we thank you that in this place this morning as we, we celebrate moms and we also honor you, Jesus, that you are here to meet every need in this place. And Father, I just pray that each and every mom would, would leave this morning feeling encouraged and blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen.